Chapter 16 of Bob the Castaway or The Wreck of the Eagle by Frank V. Webster. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Nigel Boydell. Chapter 16 Wreck of the Ship. Though the vessel was in great danger, Bob could not help smiling at the success of his prank. When Mr. Tarbill, with every evidence of terror, had left the deck, Bob crept cautiously forward to peer ahead into the wild wastes of waves that threatened to overwhelm the eagle. "'If it isn't a jilla-jilly wind, it's almost as bad,' thought our hero. If he had known more about the ocean and its terrors, he would have been more frightened than he was. If it was not exactly an instance of where ignorance is bliss, tis folly to be wise, it was, in Bob's case, the next thing to it. "'Wow! That was a bad one!' exclaimed the boy, as an extraordinarily large wave made the ship tremble. At the same instant a frightened shriek rang out through the darkness. It was one full of terror. "'It's got me! It's got me!' yelled the voice. "'What in the world is that?' shouted Captain Spark above the din of the storm. "'Is someone overboard?' "'Sounds like Mr. Tarbill,' replied the mate, putting his lips close to the captain's ear so as to be heard. "'Maybe something's happened to him,' suggested the commander. "'Better look after him, Mr. Carr. We shall do very well for the time being. We've got her before the gale now, and she's scudding along very nicely.' Once the first fury of the storm was past, and it settled down to a steady blow, Captain Spark knew how to handle his vessel. Mr. Carr went below. He found Mr. Tarbell in the main cabin, pacing to and fro, and starting nervously at every unexpected lurch of the ship. "'Is it blowing? Is the ship going up or down?' asked the nervous passenger. "'Is what blowing?' "'The jilla-jilly wind!' "'The jilla-jilly wind!' repeated the mate in wonder, thinking Mr. Tarbill might be out of his head. "'Yes, Bob told me about it. It blows up and down, and is liable to take one up into the clouds or down into the ocean.' "'What nonsense! Look here, Mr. Tarbill, that was one of Bob's jokes. I'll scold him for this.' Yet secretly, the mate was not sorry that Bob's trick had been effective in getting the frightened man off the deck. "'Then there isn't any such wind?' "'Of course not. Don't be frightened.' "'Is the ship in danger?' "'Well, to be honest, I can't say that she is not. There is always a danger in a storm such as this, particularly near Cape Horn, but we're doing our best.' "'Oh, I knew something was going to happen.' "'What's going to happen?' asked the mate. You must not be nervous. Oh, I wish I had never come on this dreadful voyage. Mr. Carr wished the same on behalf of the nervous man, but he said nothing. The mate soon went back on deck, where he found plenty to do, as one of the storm sails had blown off the bolt ropes, and another canvas had to be bent on. Captain Spark had sent Bob below, as it was risky for anyone but an experienced sailor to move about the constantly sloping deck. That night was one of terror. First the storm seemed to abate, 
and then it began again with redoubled violence. Once the eagle was almost on her beam ends, but skilful handling brought her once more up into the teeth of the wind, and she rode the waves lightly, like the gallant craft she was. The nervousness of Mr. Tarbill increased. He would not stay alone in his cabin, and finally begged for Bob to keep him company. Bob was a little diffident about going in, after the trick he'd played, but the nervous passengers seemed to forget all about that. The two sat up and talked instead of going to their berths, for sleep was out of the question amid the howling of the gale. It was nearly morning when Captain Spark, wearing an anxious look, came into the cabin. "'Has the ship foundered? Has it sprung a leak?' asked Mr. Tarbill, for he saw that something was troubling the commander. "'No, we are safe yet,' replied Mr. Spark gravely. "'But I think you had better put on life preservers.' "'Why?' asked Bob, beginning to feel a nameless fear. "'We are approaching a dangerous reef. "'If this wind holds, we can barely wear off enough to pass it. "'If we strike it, that will be the last of the eagle. "'We are going to do our best to wear the ship off, "'but we may not succeed. "'It is best to be prepared.' At this ominous warning, Mr. Tarbell seemed to collapse. However, with Bob's help, he donned one of the cork jackets, and the boy did likewise. Captain Spark would not allow them on deck, but promised to give them timely warning if the ship struck. Then came an hour of anxious waiting. Outside there sounded the dash of rain, the screaming of the wind, and the rush of sailors about the deck as they hastened to obey the captain's commands. Then, very gradually, there seemed to come a slack in the storm. The ship rode more easily, and Bob began to take heart. A little later, Mr. Carr came down into the cabin. He breathed a sigh of relief as he said, "'We're all right. We've passed the reef, and we have nothing more to fear for the present. The gale is going down.' "'That's the best news I've heard in a year,' exclaimed Mr. Tarbill. "'Never again will I take a sea voyage for my health. "'I've lost seven pounds to-night. I know I have.' Mr. Carr's words were soon verified. When morning broke, the wind and rain had ceased, though there was still a heavy sea on, which made the eagle toss and pitch in a dangerous way. Bob managed to get on deck, however, and through the clear atmosphere that followed the storm, he saw the dim outlines of Tierra del Fuego, the land of fire, as part of the end of the South American continent is called. They finished the passage of the Straits of Magellan without further incident. After that it seemed as if their troubles would be at an end. The sea went down, and, as they made the turn around the South American coast, and once more began to approach the equator, the eagle skimmed along like the bird whose name it bore. "'If this weather and the fair breeze keeps up,' said Captain Spark one day, "'we'll arrive ahead of time.' "'I guess you didn't think so during the storm, did you?' inquired Bob. "'No, indeed. It seemed as if it was going to be touch and go with us one spell. "'But how do you like your trip so far?' "'Very much.' "'I'm glad of it. I promise your mother it would do you good, and I think it will.' Captain Spark was secretly delighted with the success of his experiment. 
he thought bob had given up all his tricks but that same day showed how much mistaken he was the boy seeing a chance to have some sport with one of the sailors a german sewed up the sleeves of the man's jersey when the man tumbled out of his bunk in a hurry to take his watch on deck he could not understand the reason why he couldn't put on his garment vod de madder he exclaimed struggling with the sleeves the witches have been at work i am bewitched more like that ornery critter of a boy done it suggested his messmate a practical yankee so i play a joke on him already yet watch and the german was as good as his word the next afternoon bob suddenly felt himself being pitched over the rail towards the sea he yelled and made a grab for the mizzen shroud near which he was standing but he suddenly felt himself brought up with a round turn for the german had caught the boy's feet in a bite of cable so that he would not go overboard so he exclaimed you sews up the sleeves eh i thinks you do so no more eh more tricks exclaimed the captain when matters had been explained to him i wonder if he'll ever be cured but bob's cure was nearer at hand than either he or the captain expected the fine weather continued for a week during which time the eagle made good progress then came several days of dead calm when they were near the tropic of capricorn and they suffered much from the heat of the sun i don't like this remarked captain spark one day as he looked up at the brassy sky why not asked bob with the familiarity of a relative i think this means a storm and we're in a poor location for a bad blow i don't like it as the day wore on it became evident that the captain's prophecy was about to be verified the wind sprang up suddenly almost before sail could be shortened and the eagle heeled over until it seemed as if she would not write that was the beginning of a storm that was worse than the other scudding along under mere rags of canvas the ship headed right into the swirl of waters agitated by the wind as night settled down the captain prepared for the worst it was evident that he feared something and every man was on the alert the wind increased but there was no rain on and on rushed the ship all through the night the captain seemed to grow more anxious and would not leave his place at the wheel suddenly just as the darkness was giving place to the grey light of morning the eagle hit something a shiver seemed to run through the whole length of the ship breakers ahead yelled the lookout breakers all around us i feared as much cried the captain we've struck a reef the eagle seemed to back off probably the recoil from the blow the wind swirled around and then once more the good ship was driven on the rocks once more she crashed upon the low-lying barrier and this time an ominous splintering sound followed there was a terrific crash and the foremast went by the board at the same time there was a pounding beneath the bows of the vessel there's a big hole stove in the bows sir cried a sailor running to captain spark the water's coming in fast i'm afraid we're foundering added mr carr stand by to lower the lifeboats yelled the captain 
Every man to his place. With a great crash, the mizzen mast went over the side, crushing one of the lifeboats that hung on davits there. What has happened? yelled Mr. Tarbill, rushing up on deck. The eagle is wrecked, replied the captain, speaking calmly, though only a sailor could know what anguish the words cost him. End of chapter 16